Hello and welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, Adam Tarno, joined as always by my co-host, John McGee. John, why don't you introduce our topic for today? Hey, Adam. So today we're talking about leading through crisis or leading through problems, which I think anybody that's been leading uh, understands uh, kind of the importance of this. I mean, leaders, uh, as you and I say, leaders exist uh, because problems uh, exist. You're being very generous there. Let's be clear. Uh, you said it one time, and I tweeted it. There you and go. So this is that is uh, that is your. So I'll give you it. credit for. We that. said it. We yeah, we have. We, we, said we say it all the time. There we right. go. <laughs> uh, but it is something that uh, I think every leader knows. Um, is an area that they've got to kind of grow in or nail. They understand the importance uh, of uh, how they lead in those unique times when there's either problems or there's uh, a crisis. Yeah. And so you had a story of something that happened to you and your family recently, and you put it together, wrote a talk. So in our last church leaders conference that we just had last April, um, you you gave a main stage talk with this and it was so well received. I remember sitting there. I'd, I'd knew what you were going to say, and it was still amazing as I sat there and listened to all of it. And we both afterwards were like, okay, that's a podcast. We need to get in the studio, and, and you need to share this story with the podcast audience. So why don't we just start off our time as we go through, you kind of came up with four principles of things yeah. that you've learned through the story about leadership of this thing that happened to your family. So why don't you just set up, tell us the story, tell us yeah. what happened, what was the situation that uh, enabled you to learn some of these principles yeah, you're going to share? really today? funny. So uh, we've got a, um, a senior in high school, he was a senior in high school, uh, heading off to college uh, next year. And so it was always kind of our hope that we could get to Europe sometime before he went to college. So we had been kind of stockpiling these points and miles and we cashed them all in, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, just, you know, a, a war chest of these points got over there and uh, we're in Italy. We're in the northwest side uh, of Italy doing some hiking uh, there and we were going to uh, drive to uh, Florence, which is kind of, you know, if you don't know the geography, kind of right there uh, in the middle of Italy. And I was looking at a map and thought, man, we're going to go right through Pisa. And we didn't have any plans initially to stop there or go there, but I thought, you know, hey, guys, I'm not sure when we're going to be in the neighborhood again, so uh, let's just stop in and, uh, you know, get a picture. And so, if you, which is really funny, if you haven't been to Pisa, it, it's uh, what you think. The picture you see is everyone kind of pretending like they're holding up the, uh, Did the you tower. Yeah, we took that picture along with really, <laughs> like, hundreds of people that are just lined up, you know, holding their hands with their friends, telling <laughs> Has them, Has anybody you know, monetized that yet? Like, no. are there people trying to get money for that? That would be a great way. If, it, if the tower... Yeah, if the tower could get a picture for every a dollar for every picture, they would, you know, uh, they could lace it in gold. And so, anyway, so yeah, we went there, we did that. The idea was, hey, we're going to go take that quick picture, jump back in the car, let's go. So we get back in the car, and my youngest son, who's he's a bit of a smart aleck, he's always, you know, we've got this kind of uh, banter going back and forth. We're always kind of pulling each other's chains. He says, "Hey, Dad, it's all gone." And I was like, you know, I don't know what he's trying to pull, but I'm, I'm not going to bite. And uh, I said, I'm sure it is, buddy. He goes, no, literally, it's, it's all gone. I said, okay, pal, sure is. Start the car. And he goes, listen to me, dad, it's all gone. And I, you know, as a dad, you know, when they're not playing around. And so I put it in park and went to the back of the, the van and opened it up. And like, it wasn't slow motion, but it felt like it. I opened the back of the van and it was all gone. Um, we'd been gone 30 minutes and they took everything we had. So all of our luggage was gone, which meant all of our clothes were gone. Uh, all of our laptops, iPads, iPhones, all of our cash and, uh, all of our, uh, I had my cell phone, the other kids, uh, all their cell phones were in there and our passports. Oh my goodness. It was all gone. Right? So he wasn't it, lying at all. He was not lying. 
And, uh, you know, and so the world just kind of starts spinning at that point. I'm in, you know, a foreign country. I've got no passport. We've got, we've got my wallet, my phone, and that's it, you know. Um, and uh, we ran off to the police station and, you know, um, went in there and filed the police report. Like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I thought, like, uh, you know, suddenly the piece of police was going to be out in force looking for my wife's shoes and my passport. And uh, that didn't happen. You yeah, know, he just Helicopters said, were not released. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and, in fact, the guy goes, hey, you're just not going to see your stuff again, you know, uh, but you probably should take this report in case you want to file insurance. So, so I'm walking back. Uh, from that, it's, I mean, the kind of the reality of this is kind of set in, um, you know, we're not going to get the stuff back. I've got, I've now got to lead my family. And so, um, I'm thinking as I'm walking out of the police station, Hey, what, what does a great leader do? Which is really, it's a great question yeah. to ask, um, anytime. Um, but especially when there's a crisis or there's a problem or when all eyes are on you to say, if I was a great leader in this moment, like what would I do? So I'm, so I'm asking that question as, I, as I'm walking and I come around the corner and <laughs> my wife, who, uh, is a highly emotionally stable woman, um, has got one hand, um, on the on the van, one hand pulling her hair back, and she's you know so just to be visual, she's throwing up. Um, she's just so overcome with the stress of it all. She doesn't get stressed, but she was stressed in that moment. And uh, she looks at me and just goes, "Hey, give me one second, and I will tap right back in. We're going to be okay. Just give me a second, you know." Amazing. And she's an amazing woman. And um, and so you know we she kind of stopped and she gets in the car. And so I open the car door and my, my daughter, my youngest daughter, you know, she launches into, Hey dad, all of my books, all of my summer reading was in the backpack and I can't, now I can't get my reading done and I won't be able to start school and I won't be able to graduate high school. I'm not going to be able to get into college, you know? So she's kind of ramped up emotionally. My wife just thrown up. The other kids are just kind of shell shocked looking at me, you know? And so I've got a sense like, Hey, this, this moment is different than many other moments and how I handle this one um, matters. And we're probably going to be talking about this moment for the next 25 Christmases, you know, and it's either the time that dad completely lost his mind and uh, started yelling or, you know, just broke down in a puddle of tears or he let us well. Um, But this, this moment is not like others. And so uh, but it, I mean, if you're there with me emotionally, you can see the, the, the door opening and, you know, 10 eyeballs looking at me like, all right, leader, dad, what are you going to do? You know, so, so I just said, hey, guys, we're all doomed, you know, every man for himself. And I went and, <laughs> and ate some lasagna. And, ran out, <laughs> and now you're here recording a podcast and we don't know where your family is. So if you've heard from them, just send us an email. We'd love to get back in touch with them. No, that fortunately, that's not what you did. And now, I mean, just to let the audience know, this is hindsight's a little bit 2020. You probably weren't thinking this methodically through all this, but I think as you came back and you thought about this, you realized, hey, there were four principles yeah. and four things that really helped me and my family through the situation that are transferable to all aspects of leading in the midst of crisis. So why don't, why don't you just go ahead, let, let's get into the content here. What, what was the first one? Yeah. And so it j- just, yeah, I, I, it's going to be a little, it's going to sound a little more clean than it actually was, but in, um, yeah, and there's been plenty of times the dad where I've just whiffed it, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast on that one. Yeah. So I've got, I've got lots of those moments. This actually was one though, I, I will say as a leader that I was, uh, I was in some ways like studying for this test. I didn't know the test was coming or I thought the test was coming and, you know, at the church, um, leadership, not my, not my home. Um, but I had noticed as I, as I looked back, you know, multiple years of, you know, my leadership here at Watermark, so just sometimes it really hurt me when things rolled against me 
when there was a problem, when there was a crisis, a lot of times when I didn't get my way, I would have a kind of an emotional reaction that cost me, you know, yeah. and wasn't helpful. And so that was something I was trying to take ground on and, and had been like for a month. So when this, when this hit, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for yeah, this. I've been right? thinking about yeah, this. I don't have all the answers, but I'm ready for this. So anyway, I hopped in the car and the, the four things I just said uh, in the moment, this is what I did tell my kids. I said, hey, uh, guys, listen, I mean, there's four things that are going to kind of guide us uh, from here. And some, some things we're going to do, some things we're going to affirm. But here, here's number one. You know, we're going to affirm that God is in control, right? God is in control. And this didn't catch him off guard. You know, I don't remember exactly what I what I told him, but um, I said, you know, we we don't like now um, shelve our faith and try to muscle our way through this. Like it's still our affirmation that God's in control. I, I love um, this verse in Job forty two two. It says that there's no plans of God that can be thwarted. Hmm. Right, like anything God wants to do. Um, can't be stopped. And really anything that happens to us, this is a really helpful idea, is that anything that happens to us is passed through the Father's hands, right? Didn't catch him off guard. It didn't somehow get around the gates. Uh, it passed through his hands and he allowed that to happen. And, you know, we joked later, it wasn't like, you know, the angels were sitting around and Jesus looked at him and goes, guys, like, how did this happen? And because what had happened was they had figured out a way to kind of spoof the keyless entry, you know, and um, that Jesus wasn't going, I can't believe they figured that out. You know, yeah. He knew. Like God, God knew and uh, and he was uh, in control. And so I think, you know, just first for you as a leader, before you say anything, before you do anything, before you um, you know take any action, a lot of times it's just really good to remember when there's a problem or a crisis. Hey, listen, God's in control, and it's a great gift to give everybody that you lead uh, at any level. Uh, just to remind them, hey, God didn't cease to be in control here. And as we go forward, whatever happens, uh, we're going to affirm that God's in control. Now, I'm sure there's some people sitting there listening to that going. Oh, of course we would say that. I mean, and it is so easy to remember that truth, to say that truth and go, that's exactly how I would react when we're not in the crisis. Why do you think it's such a challenge when a crisis hits to remember the simplest of all the truths that God's in control? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's been... It's, um, I, I wonder if it's part of the like flight or uh, fight reaction. Like yeah. you're just thinking survival. And, yeah. You know, you're not using your whole brain or thinking, um, you know, thinking clearly. It's very different than Bible open cup of coffee in the morning, you know, birds chirping. Um, so I think that might be part of it. But I, I do think it is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. It's interesting that that's, that's Job's affirmation at the end. That's always the case, right? Is that the, the enemies are run out of the land. Um, you know, God showed up or this thing happened. Now we look back and go, oh boy, God was good. God was in control. Yeah. Like that's how, that's always how the narrative is written. And, um, I, I think as leaders, if we live in the future before others get there, that's one of the things leaders do. Like we can have that sense right there, you know, spears and, and, uh, arrows are flying. Hey, God's in control. Yeah. And, uh, it'll always, it'll also be our testimony at the end, but here, right in the middle, God's in control. Yeah. We can affirm and, that now. Yes. It's like eventually you're going to affirm that. So it's either you can affirm it at the beginning or you can affirm it in the middle or at the end, but eventually you're going to get to that point where you're going to go, ah, okay, I see. He, he was there. I, I wasn't alone. Exactly. The, the the promise to never leave us or forsake us, it's a, it's that. It's a promise. It's not an idea. Yeah. It's not a principle. It's true. He's there in the midst yeah. of all of so it. So if, if a staff member fell, 
right? God's still in control. If the you came up short for the budget, um, if there's some people that are um, speaking ill of you, or there's conflict in the church, or like whatever that is, um, before you go to deal with that, go, okay, God, God's still in control here. And, uh, and I think that just kind of centers you, and uh, you're able to kind of have an attitude of like, um, hey, bring it. Like, God's on my side. He's with me here rather than running for the hills and, and kind of freaking out. So, Great. Yeah. All right. So that first principle, God is in control. You're affirming that with your family. You guys are talking about that. God's not surprised by this. And then what, what was next? Yeah. So number two, I just said, hey, guys, listen, like, this is going to work out, right? And one of our phrases, uh, Todd, Todd uh, Wagner says this all the time. Hey, guys, it will all work out. So I, I'm positive I got that from him. Um, yeah. And it's become a bit of a mantra in our own family and where we just say, whatever whatever happens, hey, it will work out. Like, it will work out. You know, we're 15 minutes late. We're going to miss. Hey, guys, listen, shh, it's okay. It's going to work out. So uh, that, that is a bit of a mantra uh, for us. It will work out. And, you know, and we said, and it might even work out better. Yeah. So it's going to work out. And so I said that. And the, uh, my, my youngest daughter said, Dad, you keep saying that phrase and things like this happen. And she goes, we, we need a new phrase. <laughs> anyway, I, just, I just laughed, you know. Um, and so I think that mentality of um, it's going to work out is an amazing gift to give both yourself and to others. And uh, just this, this idea that um, – you know, great leaders de-amplify mm. stress and poor leaders amplify stress. And we've all, like, we names came to mind right there. Like, I remember this person when everything got crazy, um, they de-amplified the stress. Or, um, man, I was in the room when this happened and this person made everything worse because yeah. of the way they handled it. God, you know, like, please don't let that person be there the next time there's a problem. And so a great leader can just tamper down um, – the you know all of the stress, all of the anxiety, and stand centered um, in in the middle of all that. Um, and I think one of the ways that we can do that is just by this belief that hey, we'll work out. Like rarely has it not ever worked out, yeah. right? I mean, tr- truly, um, the fact that you're still have a breath means that um, it's probably worked out. And so if you have that mentality, um, it helps you keep your head. It helps you uh, not be stressed out. It gives confidence to those that you lead. Um, And you don't have to know how necessarily, but I think just this knowing that – it is going to work out is a great gift to give yourself and everybody else. Because yeah, in the middle of the crisis, I mean, these first two are really kind of, they're connected, but in the middle of the crisis, it feels like anything but control and it feels like anything but it working out. I mean, that's why we're calling it a crisis right now is because, hey, this is not in the plans. This is not when you cashed in your war chest of points and dreamed about what Italy was going to look like. It was not like, oh, and what's going to be awesome? Is it like these thieves are going to take all of our stuff and we're going to like freak out, but it's all going to be okay. That <laughs> it wasn't, may be better. Like, and it's going to yeah. be, yeah, yeah. Was that in the original itinerary? <laughs> I don't remember that being in our Google Doc. Yeah. Just said that. <laughs> My guess is it wasn't there. And, uh, and so sometimes what you said is like, hey, this was a mantra, which really could be something that is so practical for all of us is just continuing to remind ourselves in the times where we're not in crisis, these two things. Because these two things are true even when we're Always. not perceiving That's right. crisis. That's right. And so that you've trained yourself, as you said, you were studying for that test. You guys have been training yourselves to say these things. Mm-hmm. And those were really, really helpful things to remember yeah. in the midst of all that. All right, so God's in control. This is all going to work out, dot, 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 maybe even better. Absolutely. And then the third one was what? Yeah, we're not going to turn on each other. 
Okay. And um, rather than like this being detrimental to our relationship, this is actually going to make us stronger. Like we're going to come out the other side of this better friends. Because what had happened already, we, before we understood what had happened, um, you know, they're blaming each other, and uh, which is what you do. Like as soon as you become stressed out or uncertain or anxious, one of the natural reflexes is just to begin to look, look to blame someone for yep. the situation. Why or, did this happen? Who right, can I right, hold right. accountable? That's what that's yeah. like. And, uh, and, and that's, that is, a, you know, listen, that's an, that is a question to ask. Um, but oftentimes it's not the most important question to ask, especially uh, initially. But yeah, they were, um, you know, <laughs> somebody said, you left, I, I know it was you, uh, you left the door unlocked, you know, you're always irresponsible. Like it was already kind of starting, right? And I said, guys, like, we're, we're not going to do that. And, um, you know, everyone's stressed out, people are angry and uh, you know, one of our one of our verses, Proverbs twenty nine twelve, a fool gives vent to his anger, and we're just not going to spew anger and venom and hate uh, towards each other. We're going to look for ways to like encourage each other, and um, and again, rather than just kind of you know damaging the relationship, we're actually going to use this to strengthen uh, it. Which is really like you think about some of your best friends. It wasn't necessarily the people that you got together and drank coffee with. You like you went through some hardship together that bound you in the military. I mean, those guys are they literally will die for each other. Yeah. I don't know that your coffee buddy, you know, you're looking to to take a bullet for. You don't feel that that close to him. But someone you've been through some hard situations with, uh, you look back and it can be if you do it right, um, something that really really brought you together. So, hey guys, we're not going to turn on each other. Um, you know, that was that was a bit one of our one of the things we said when we kind of rallied around. And you had kind of alluded to that that was something as you've already alluded to in this podcast too, something that cost you uh, younger early on in your leadership yeah. that you had kind of turned on people. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, generally the people who thwarted my plans, right, yeah. or told me no, or weren't on board, or it didn't champion the thing, whatever that was that I can't remember now. But uh, uh, yeah, I just I, I would. Um, uh, wasn't as Christian as I could have been any time that I was uh, had my plans blocked or had uh, had a had a problem That's arise. Right. Yep, fantastic. All right, so these these are really helpful. God is in control. It's going to work out, maybe even better, and we're not going to turn on each other. And then the last one, and this is the one that carried you guys through really yeah. the remainder of this crisis on until you got home. So what was this last? Yeah. One so uh, we just said, hey guys, we're going. All, all we have to do is just this. We're going to take the next wise step. So we're just going to take the next wise step. So to my youngest daughter, like, hey, we don't have to figure out college, uh, you know, <laughs> six years from now. Like, that'll take care of itself. Uh, what's what's the next thing um, that, that we need to do? What's the next wisest thing um, that we can do? And a lot of times what will happen in these situations is you're trying to think through all the way to the end game on how this thing resolves itself. And it's kind of impossible oftentimes to understand in the, in the moment. But what I've found is like really complex, hairy situations, they untangle themselves if you just make make a series of next wise steps. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Hey, God's in control. Like we're, you know, um, we're not going to turn on each other. And this is like, it's going to work out. So what's the next, what's the next wisest thing to do? Okay, let's do that. Do that. Uh, and then we'll think about the next thing. Which I think can be so helpful for us as leaders because Sometimes I think we put this pressure on ourselves as leaders that we have to know all the next wise steps to take. And so we'll put this burden on ourselves. Hey, when I'm facing a situation, I've got to have it all figured out. I need to be able to tell my people, hey, we're going to do this and then this and then this and then this and then this. And what you're saying is you're kind of debunking that myth going, you don't have to have everything figured out. 
you just got to help lead people to the just one step Next at a step. time yeah. going along the way right so um so you're in a you're in a meeting right and um and someone confesses something that like is, is serious and there's lots of ramifications around that right and your head's spinning and you're going ah, how do i handle this you know what do I, who are we going to tell and how's the church going to like listen what, what what do you do like right now you probably like pray for this person and you pray for wisdom. Um, you pray scriptures that you know to be true to inform the situation. And then you close that meeting and say, I'll, I'll follow up. Um, you know, I, I don't know everything, but I think that was, we did what we we're supposed to do right now. And tomorrow we'll wake up and we'll do what we're supposed to do there. And it'll, it'll untangle itself. And uh, I mean, there's just, there's just several things that I'm working on right now. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers for them. Yeah. There's some really big projects and some, some dreams we have around here. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But generally uh, I pick up the phone and find another piece of information or I take a measured step. And uh, those things, I've just seen the pattern in my life. They begin to kind of, uh, they begin to just kind of work themselves out. So, yeah. so that was, uh, that was that. So what were, what was your next wise step? So yeah. here it is. Pam's done throwing up. You got everybody. They're not going to turn on each other. What was, what was your very first? It sounds like you went to the police station. Yep. What was the wise step after? Yeah. And so, and I really, you know, um, I, I, I just kind of put this on the kids and I said, Hey guys, I, you know, some of those, some of those, um, every once in a while you have a sense like this will be a defining kind of moment. And, uh, and I wanted them, um, to experience some of the burden and the joy of kind of seeing themselves through that. And we, we talked about it's funny. We'd, uh, we'd actually talk, going over there. I'd said, Hey guys, listen, like no matter what happens, like being an American citizen, you're probably going to be okay. Now, if you're in North Korea or Syria, you might be in trouble if you lose your passport. But, uh, outside of that, you know, I mean, you're, we're going to, we'll always be okay. So, uh, you know, and I, and, you know, full disclosure, I'd actually been with someone who lost a passport overseas. So I kind of knew how this would play out yeah. or I thought I did anyway. I hoped, I hoped I knew. Um, so I turned to the kids and said, okay, guys, like what's, what's the next wise thing? What's the next wise step? And uh, one of my kids chimed in and said, dad, I'm starving. You know, and I said, well, great. You know what? Well, you make like really lousy decisions when you're hungry or you're tired, yeah. you know? And so uh, we can solve one of those right now. And so we were driving and the, we saw McDonald's and they're like, let's go to McDonald's. We're in Italy, right? Let's go to McDonald's. And I think, you know, at that point they're going, I don't know if we'll ever get back to the States. So let's just, you know, have one less, <laughs> uh, you know, quarter pounder or whatever. Um, so we went there and, you know, interestingly enough, you, you feel the same way in Italy after you eat at McDonald's as you do here in the uh, in the US huh. so there's it's amazing that's discouraging <laughs> it's uh, but they do have a yeah, they've got a killer espresso bar so you can have a pick me up as you uh, as you leave so uh, so we were eating there and I said okay guys what's the next wise step we probably should call the credit cards we can call the credit cards you know okay guys what's next dad we don't have any clothes after today like you know we wake up tomorrow we've got nothing to wear great let's go get let's go get some clothes you know and put some um hey dad we don't have any cash like you know great so you know call uh one of our credit card companies asking you know banks and what what are our options you know uh dad we're going to figure out the passport thing so we you know figured out the kind of consulate where we we're going to be in the next couple of days and so we just kind of did that we just kind of every time i'd say hey what's the next wise step what what do we do and we just kind of pushed our way through uh, not pushed our way we had a great time uh we were we were there. We still had another week um, left there, and uh, and we we were actually this is interesting, un, uh, unbeknownst to my wife Pam, but we were actually looking at some pictures last night. She was working on some stuff, and we went back and looked at these. And if you would have asked me, I thought you would have seen like a lot of stress on people's faces, a lot of anxiety, or um, you know, just shell 
shockness and it's it's amazing how much fun we had uh, from here and it didn't torpedo it like where we just somehow just got to get this thing out like we had a great time you know um and so the end the end of it all kind of kind of the punchline is um you know, we're sitting or in the south of Italy and um we've walked down this we're walking down this road it's um the sun's going down and um we walk past this um store restaurant type thing and I kind of walk in and keep walking and find out there's a little lemon grove um in the back and I peek back there and uh, and the lady says, "Hey, you can go back there and sit. We're, you know, we're going to be here another hour and a half." And uh, so we got some lemon gelato from her, and we just sat underneath these uh, uh, these trees, these this lemon grove tree. Uh, we had a pack of Uno cards, like really the only thing we had, um, the pack of Uno cards with uh, Italian instructions. And so we're eating gelato underneath underneath the, underneath these uh, trees, you know, playing Uno. And I, and I just kind of chuckled. Uh, and I thought, man, this worked out better. Hmm. Not not only did it was it okay, right? And not only was it all right that this everything's going to be okay. It's it's all going to work out. Like I think it worked out better uh, because the craziest thing happened, right? None of my kids had cell phones. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> and you know what happens when you take cell phones away from teenagers? Like they they talk to each other. What? And they they laugh and they ask probing questions and they um, they look around and enjoy their surroundings. And uh, and I thought, you know what? We I I think we won. Like I I wouldn't script this. That was not in the Google Doc. It was not in the plan. Um, but if you ask me to go back and rewind it and say you got a choice now, you're forking the road, lose your stuff or don't lose your stuff. I, honestly, I think I would have taken the lose your stuff route. And um, now it like it was a hassle. Listen, get back to the states, figure all that stuff out. It it took a long time. It was, um, but that week I had with my kids with no technology. A little bit of a crisis, a little bit of a um, a problem to work through. I, I wouldn't trade that. And I think it's a lot of times that's our story as leaders. You know, we come up against something, we go, "Oh no, this is the end of it," or "This is be this will be detrimental," or "We'll never recover." That's generally the beginning of like a really cool story. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard churches say, "We tried to get this property." And something happened and we didn't, and we were highly discouraged. Fast forward, we ended up at this place. I'm so, so glad we didn't get that other one because this one's clearly better. Like I've, I've heard that story uh, 20, 30 times, yeah. you know, uh, and I think that's the way it works in leaders. So, so if we can remember that in those moments, the next time we hit one of those, um, I think we can lead really well through that and we can uh, strengthen God's church and uh, we can see the kingdom of God advance uh, rather than retreat uh, during those times. So the person that's in the middle of the crisis right now, they're like, hey, that sounds like it all worked out fine in a couple of weeks. I've been dealing with this for months. I've been going through this for years. I'm not seeing the lemon grove with lemon gelato yet. So what, what would you say to encourage them? Golly. Well, God's still in control. Yeah. He's still in control. And um, God stands. Um, he's the parade of life. Uh, he's standing, you know, on the 120th floor looking down. Uh, we see the float right in front of us. And it's real. That's what that's what's in front of us. He sees the both the beginning and the end all simultaneously. And so so he's not stressed out. Um, and so I think you have to trust him. I think you have to keep taking the next wise step. If there's sin involved, I mean you you want to name that so that, you know, the scenario you you 
you put forward could mean a lot of different things. But if there's sin, uh, what I'm not advocating is just sitting back and going, man, God, you're just going to expose this. I, I probably would figure out my place to admonish and to, um, to expose. But uh, we pray. We trust God. Take the next step. We don't talk poorly about the people that are involved um, there. And... Um, you know, and we just kind of see what God has for us. But the timeline is probably a little bit different. We always want something immediately. Uh, God stands outside of time. And so he can both see that it will resolve and that it hasn't instantaneously. We don't have that ability. So we have to trust him. That's amazing. Well, John, thanks so much for sharing that story. Again, those are four great, I mean, that that really is kind of a a playbook, if you will, for when you face the crisis, just to remember God's in control. It's all going to work out. We're not going to turn on each other. And what's the next wise step? So thanks so much for sharing that today. If you guys have any questions or comments on today's episode, please feel free to contact us via email. We can be reached at clp at watermark.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next time.